and uh, thankful for that tonight. Genesis chapter number 40. If you're there, say amen. The Bible said it came to pass after these things that the butler, the king of Egypt, and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was wroth against two of his uh, officers, against the chief of the butlers, and against the chief of the bakers. He put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard, into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. They continued to season in ward. They dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches, and it was though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto them, or I said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head, and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand, after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that should be put me into the dungeon. And when the chief baker saw the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the baskets upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off of thee, and shall hang thee on a tree. And the birds shall eat thy flesh from off of thee. Well, it sounded like one of them had a nightmare. <laughs> and it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up, lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet, he did, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. And we just pray, Lord, that you touch these prayer requests that were mentioned earlier tonight, Lord. Lord, there's some families, Lord, right now are just, Lord, walking through that valley of the shadow of death. And I pray, Lord, you'd comfort them, Lord, your rod and your staff. They were, they were there to comfort the sheep. And I pray, Lord, tonight you do exactly that through your word and through your presence tonight. And Lord, we ask you tonight for these other requests that were made and mentioned. God, you'd answer these prayer requests in such a way, God, that all we can do is give you the glory for what is done. We ask you, Lord, tonight that you'd help us, Lord, to learn from your word, to glean from your word. God, eternal truths, God, that can help us live the everyday Christian life. Lord, thank you for recording the life of Joseph down for us over thousands of years ago that we might still learn from it tonight. We ask you, Lord, tonight that you just open up our hearts, open up our ears, help us to listen on purpose. Lord, help us, Lord, to make preaching and teaching the Lord what you desire it to be tonight. 
Lord, we'll leave out of here, give you the glory, give you the praise, help the other classes tonight, Lord, and help the children to listen on purpose. And Lord, help those to invest the word of God into their lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We, I want to look at this thought tonight, and it's going to be on this, this the title of my message tonight is So Close. So Close. Joseph was so close to getting out of prison at the end of chapter number 40. And here's the thing, we have used that phrase, especially when we were at camp, there was a lot of things that were so close. Some of the campers were so close to making the basket in the hoop. So they were so close to getting an arrow to stick in the target. Some of them were so close to getting their verse exactly right during scripture memorization. Some of them were so close to getting the scripture read before somebody else did. But the reality is when we say something is so close, we're saying even though it was super duper, it doesn't matter how close you were, if it's so, so close, it means it's still not enough. It means it comes short and it's not exactly what we want. And here, I think we can look into Joseph's life and see he was that close. He was one person away from getting out of prison. He was one person away from getting out of this situation that he was in in his life. But I believe every Christian can learn from Joseph's experience of being so close. Here's the thing, when you get that close and you're let down, it hurts worse. I don't know what it is about it, it hurts worse. Just like when you're playing a game, a sports game, and you're that close and the game is close and the game's tied and that last second the other team scores and you lose, it just hurts worse. It just sticks with you longer. You know, if I'm gonna lose, I'd rather just lose terribly. I don't feel as bad about that. You can blame all the refs when that happens. But here, Joseph's so close to getting out of prison and it doesn't work his way. But notice this, he continues on. We see that he's so close to getting out of prison by noticing the following truths. Look at this experience tonight. And when we get to that place, we're so close and then we're let down. Here's how we can deal with it. But I want you to notice, first of all tonight, the consistent character of Joseph. The consistent character of Joseph. Genesis 39, verses 21 through 23. He has been thrown into prison by Potiphar because of what Potiphar's wife has accused him of even though it's not right, even though it did not happen. But I want you to notice tonight, we have seen Joseph in many different places. We've seen him in the father's house. We've seen him in the father's field. We've seen him in the pit. We've seen him in the auction block of Egypt. We've seen him in Potiphar's house. And now we see him in the prison of Egypt. The scenery has changed around Joseph quite a bit, but Joseph's character has not changed. Joseph has been the same man, whether he was in the father's house or whether he's in the prison of Egypt, his character has not changed. Let me ask you this tonight. Does your character change when your scenery changes? What do you mean by that, preacher? Are you somebody different when you walk out of here than when you're in here? Right? We, we, we know how to act in church. We know what to say. We know how to, how, to, how, to, how to behave in church. But we ought to be the same person we are in church that we are outside of church tonight. We need to be consistent, have consistent character and yet, notice this, his, consistent, his character has not changed. Why? The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. See, here's the thing tonight. We know that God dwells in his house and God dwells with people, but he dwells inside of us as well. And so whether I'm in the house of God or in my, I'm in the, my own house or, <coughs> or I'm in Walmart tonight, my character ought to be the same because the Lord's inside of me. The presence of the Holy Ghost is inside of me tonight. God dwells inside of me. He's the one that directs my paths and guides me. So if I'm listening to him, then my character should be intact tonight, no matter where I am. We see that in Joseph's life. But once again, because of his character, look at verse number 22, Joseph is promoted again. 
You know, it's amazing. He, in essence, he's gone down in life, so to speak. He started at his father's house. Now he's in the prison of Egypt. I don't think that's an upward climb. I don't think that's the typical success trail that everybody wants, right? But here it is. No matter where he is, his character makes him noticed. So notice here in verse number 22, in the keeper of the prison of chapter number 39, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph had all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Joseph has become the leader of the prison. He is what they would probably call in modern day terms an overseer or pod boss. He is in charge of all the, he answers to one man, it's the warden, it's the keeper of the prison. How did he get there? Character. Notice this, the Bible says uh, in verse number 23, why did the keeper promote Joseph because he knew by looking at Joseph and watching Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph. The same thing that Potiphar had seen in him. The same thing that his, his family was told about that he had is now being displayed in the prison. And so once again, he's promoted. Here's the thing, good character will always get you promoted no matter the environment. Right, when we honor God and we live for God and we're honest and people of integrity, people of value and things like that, that'll always get us promoted. Now, it may not get you a promotion uh, within the business, so to speak. You might not move up the ranks, but it'll give you a promotion of respect in everybody else's eyes. Even when they try to downplay you, even when they try to down you and, and, and dog you, in essence, they are saying, here's why we don't like you. It's because you're a person of character. And when we're around you, it makes us convicted. I remember many times being in the cabinet shop and guys would say those cuss words and guys would speak vulgar and I'd just be standing there trying to get my work done. I hadn't said a word. I hadn't done a thing. I haven't even spoke to them. They'd say, I'm so sorry, take for cussing. I'm thinking, I'm not the one making you feel guilty. <laughs> that's not me. That's the Lord working in your life. So, hey, that's all. we don't have to talk that way. I'm going to do those things. They'd be, they'd be like, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, for what? Well, didn't you hear me say that cuss word? I said, I didn't even notice. I've been zoning you guys out. <laughs> I've typically got my headbuds in, my, my, my ear plugs in. I'm listening to the gospel music and preaching over here. I didn't know y'all was even talking to me. Y'all are apologizing for something I didn't even hear. And I said, well, if I didn't hear it, or you didn't hear it, then why do I feel guilty about it? I said, it's the Holy Spirit. And like, oh, I, you know, I, I got to go do something else. I got to get away from your table. <laughs> but notice this. Joseph could have easily used his influence here to turn this scenario for himself. Notice verse number 22 says that he was the doer of it. So anything that got done in that prison, Joseph was the one that made sure it got done. Joseph could easily, now he's got the whole prison at his disposal. He's got men of vile degree. He's got men that have committed probably great crimes. Joseph was what we'd call a white collar crime. Or what we would, what we would think of that tonight because of who put him in there and why he was placed in there. And so when the butler and the baker come in, they're the same degree, so to speak, but they're not the only ones in prison. So you gotta think, Joseph's probably got some bad people underneath them that with the, a little influence, a little uh, a talking to, he could get them to probably do anything. Listen, you take that prison guard out, you take the keeper of the prison out, I can give you freedom. He could have got those things done and kept his hands clean of it. But here's Joseph, he's got all the prison behind him and yet he's still making sure whatever the warden needs done, whatever the prison keeper needs done, he's doing it for him. And so once again, his character doesn't change even when he has the ability to turn the situation around for himself and take advantage of it. He could easily stage an escape or an insurrection, but he doesn't do that. 
And that leaves that testimony with the keeper of the prison that the Lord was with them. Here's the crazy thing about this. Joseph acts this way and does this with complete knowledge that he's innocent. Joseph knows he's innocent. It's not what his lawyer told him to say. Joseph is innocent. He has done nothing wrong. We covered that the week before we went to camp. But look at this. Joseph knows he's innocent. Look at chapter 40, verse number 15. Joseph said, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that I should be put into the dungeon. Joseph said, I shouldn't be here. I've done nothing wrong, and yet he keeps his character. He does what is right. It's one thing for somebody to go into prison to straighten up when they've done wrong. And they have committed the crime, so to speak, and they become a model prisoner when they've done something wrong. But when you're actually innocent, that had to be tough. Had to be tough knowing that he didn't deserve to be in there. And yet here he is being the model prisoner. Being the prisoner that makes the prison keeper's job easy. Why would Joseph? Because he was a man of character. He was a man of character whose character didn't change even though his scenery did. Let me ask you this tonight. Does your godly character shine through no matter the situation you're in? Even when you're innocent and you've done wrong or you've been wronged, it's hard to have character, but that's when it's most important. Notice the impact that it made here in Joseph's life. So notice one, we see the uh, consistent character of Joseph. Then notice number two, the compassionate concern of Joseph. The compassionate concern of Joseph. Genesis chapter number 40, verses one through eight. Joseph's in prison. He's the keeper of the prison. Or he's not the keeper, but he's, he's the, the top prisoner there in the prison of Egypt. And then the baker and the butler are cast into prison. Why? They offended Pharaoh. Pharaoh got mad at them. You read through chapter number 40. I think Pharaoh had quite a personality. <laughs> he was quite, quite an interesting character here. But notice this, he throws them into prison. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 13, but you brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Can I say, if, if, if you changed Joseph to Tate right here, I'd been done being weary. I'd be ready to get out of there. Somebody call my lawyer. Someone call David Gibbs at the Christian Law Association. Get me out of here. I don't deserve to be in here. But not only is Joseph doing right, notice this, Joseph has compassion for the other prisoners that are thrown in there. Joseph, if it would have been me, I'd have been easily been come hard to the situation. I would have already hold myself up somewhere and said, I got too many problems to worry about yours. I got too many problems to help you. I'm just trying to make it through. Notice this, he could easily became hard. Now, this evening, I don't think prisons got any easier over the years. I don't think, I still think it's a place that nobody really desires to go. Nobody really wants to go there. But it's a place that, that they'll say it this way, only the hard survive. You can't go into prison and show weakness because they will eat you alive. I remember my, my first day at the cabinet shop, Brother Mike Andrews brought me in and uh, a monk's teaching me how to run an orbital sander and, and the different things that we had to do there at the top shop. He made this statement. He said, Tate, if they ever get you, if they ever play a prank on you, if they ever play a joke on you, don't ever let them know they got you. He said, because then they will not stop. I remember that. And he wasn't lying either. Remember, I wasn't there a week and Chuck Roach came sneaking down in the top shop. Now, he's a terrible sneaker at all. He had, he had this 
it was a it was a rattlesnake that had been mounted or stuffed or something looked real, but it was in the strike position. He kept it up in his cabinet, and he tried to sneak it down into the top shop. And so he's sneaking out of the top shop, and his shirt is sticking out about this far. He's trying to sneak by. And if you ever meet Chuck Roach, he's, he's a character. But he stuck that in one of the cabins where we keep the routers. He said, hey, Tate, go grab that router out of there. First of all, I had no idea what he was talking about. We hadn't made it to routers yet. <laughs> so I opened the, I, I seen him when he carried it in. And so I opened it up and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see anything in here. He said, look again. And I could see the rattlesnake. It was right there. I said, I, 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 what are you looking for? <laughs> he said, it's in there. Stick your head in there. And so I said, I, I don't know what you're looking for. He said, you don't see the snake. <laughs> I said, oh, I see the snake, but I seen it when you carried it in too. He said, oh, I mean, but it was one of those things. He said, never let them know they got you because there was another man who got got by the snake. And that snake showed up everywhere in his life as he was working there. But then they found out he wasn't just scared of fake snakes. He was scared of anything. They would, they would just walk up to him like this real fast. And he'd take off running. He got so scared one day, he ended up on the other side of the warehouse drooling. He was so scared. They found out they could get him. And here is Joseph in that prison scene where only the hard survive, but Joseph hasn't become hard. He's still expressing compassion to those that are around them. Joseph notices their weakness in verses six and seven. Who, the baker and the butler? Look at verse number seven. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. Joseph sees their sadness instead of exploiting them and taking advantage of them, Joseph tries to help them. Why? Joseph hasn't become hard. It hasn't become a me against them mentality. Joseph is there trying to honor God and live his life the way that God has desired him to live it. So he could have easily became hard, but he doesn't. But he also could have became bitter. Look at verse number seven. And right there, verse number seven, he asked the Pharaoh's officers, the butler and the baker, that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look you so sadly? Today. That's how much Joseph cared about them. That's how concerned he was for them. He noticed a day-to-day change in their life. They had been there for a while now, for a season, the Bible tells us. And suddenly one day, Joseph looks at him and says, you're sadder than the day that you walked in here. What is going on? What is the matter with you? And both men say, we've dreamed a dream. If Joseph had been bitter, he would have sounded like this. Oh, yeah, dreams don't come true. Because Joseph had some dreams, didn't he? Go back to the beginning of Joseph's life. He's got those two dreams from God that he will be lifted up and those will be bowing down to him. If Joseph became bitter, he would have, he would have said something like, don't even worry about that. It's never going to come true. Dreams are just nice things that people have that are fairy tales. These two men have had dreams that they don't under. Stand. Who in here can testify to that? I've had some dreams. I just don't understand. <laughs> Preacher, I had a dream one night. I believe the Lord wants me. No, he don't. <laughs> he don't tonight. 
He'll call you from his word. He'll speak to you from his word. Because here's the thing. Everybody remembers the good dreams, right? I feel like the Lord has called me to, to a stadium tour of evangelism. I, I've had some dreams where I'm preaching in the stadium. You know, I'm having the Billy Graham experience. But then the next night, <laughs> my dream makes absolutely no sense. You know, there's some dreams that I can remember from when I was a little kid that they still don't make any. I remember one time I was a kid, I had stole the family jewel, not the jewels, but the family jewel from the, the, the royal family in England. Thing was as big as I was. And I was running down through downtown England with this big jewel. <laughs> Crazy, I've never been to England, don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> but I'm running down, but I'm being chased by one of those British guys with the big hats. The guard, he's chasing me, but to make it even worse, he's a midget. <laughs> Preacher, what did that dream mean? I don't know. I probably had too much sugar before I went to bed. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I had another dream when I was younger. I, I still remember it vividly being chased by a circular saw that was like five feet in diameter. And I, <laughs> how'd you get away from it? I jumped into a bin of kids' Velcro shoes. That's how I survived. But can I say, when I started the cabinet shop, and I seen all those circular saws in there, I said, y'all got any five-footers in here? They're like, no, we're not a timber mill. I said, well, good. I don't want, I don't want that dream coming true. <laughs> but here, these men, we have to understand our Bibles tonight, that me and you have the complete canon of Scripture, right? That's how God deals with his people, is through the word of God. He speaks to us through his word. Now, in Joseph's day, there was no complete canon of Scripture yet, here on earth. And so God would speak to men whether he showed up, what we call a theophany or a Christophany, he'd show up in the Old Testament or through dreams and visions like he did with uh, Joseph uh, before the birth of Christ. That's how he'd speak to men. Now, nowadays, he speaks through the word of God and through the Holy Spirit tonight. And so we see here that he gives these men dreams. But because Joseph isn't bitter, he doesn't hole up and say, well, that's your dream. You've got to figure that out. You're, figure that out yourself. Or rather, he's concerned and willing to help these men. Notice the end of verse number seven. He had, spoke, he had seen that they were sad that day, and they were upset because they had a problem they couldn't fix. He noticed the day-to-day -day change in their life. Can I say, in this environment, Joseph could have very easily lost his compassion if he became hard and bitter. Let me tell you why most Christians lose their compassion. They become hard and bitter. Because somebody else has a dream when theirs hasn't played out the way they thought it should yet. They become hard because even though they're innocent, they're having to bat fight battles they feel like they don't deserve. And here is Joseph who's in the midst of both of that. Possibility of both of those playing out in his life and becomes neither one of those. His heart stays soft and he continues to help these men. Would you consider yourself compassionate? Have you allowed events in the past to stifle your compassion? Then notice number three tonight. The careful counsel of Joseph. The careful counsel of Joseph. Brother Kimmy had two points, and I've got four. I, I doubled it. I found the one you was missing, <laughs> and then some. G Genesis 40, verses 8 through 9. Uh, the dreams are told to Joseph. And Joseph, before he says anything to these men, he acknowledges the true source of knowledge. Look at verse number 8. That at the bottom, and Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. Here's the thing, Joseph hadn't just finished reading a book on interpreting dreams. 
He hadn't just finished a course of psychology in the Egyptian prison community college and said, you know what? I feel like I can help you. I know what I'm talking about. Joseph said, no, that's up to God. And I'll go to God and ask God what these dreams mean. And so I'm going to tell you and I'm going to interpret your dream. Notice it's not my words. This is coming from the Lord. And so they tell Joseph the dreams. The first one is from the butler. The second one being from the baker. And then here's the thing. The Lord has the answer, right? The same is true in our life. The Lord still has the answer. So when you have questions, you have concerns, don't just read your Bible. Read your Bible looking for an answer. Saying, God, you have an answer. Your word has everything I need to make it through life, and that is true tonight. Therefore, we can go to God's word for the answer. But notice here, Joseph, Joseph was honest in his counsel because it came from the Lord. In order to this, Joseph was honest when the outcome was happy. He gave good news to the butler. In three days, you'll be back promoted to where you were. You'll be restored and be back in your place. And here's the thing, Joseph believed it. Look at verse number 14. He said, but think on me when it shall be well with thee and shew kindness. I pray thee unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out. Joseph believed it so much, he said, hey, when you get back to Pharaoh's house, tell Pharaoh about me so he can get me out of here. Because if Pharaoh, say, if Pharaoh says it, I, they have to let me out. And so Joseph believed what was told to him by God concerning these dreams. But notice this, not only was he, we like to be honest when the outcome is happy, right? But Joseph was also honest when the outcome was bad. When it didn't play out the way that the baker thought it should have played out, he said, oh, he's going to be restored in three days. You're going to be hanged in three days. I just have to tell that news to somebody. You ain't making it out of here, buddy. I don't know what you did to Pharaoh, but you are not making it out of here. And here's the thing, Pharaoh believed this dream too because he didn't ask the baker for anything. He said, in three days, you won't be able to talk to Pharaoh. You'll be, have left this earth. Look how much Joseph believed. He won't have an opportunity to ask Pharaoh anything. When you're giving counsel this morning or this evening, are you willing to stand behind it? A lot of times we take that and we, we do it so flippantly. But you have to realize when people come to you for counsel, they're not always asking to, to hear what they want to hear. If that's all they're coming for, they won't stay around long. But when people are coming for true counsel, we need to stop and think about what we're fixing to tell them. We need to make sure what we're telling them is honest and we make sure that if we're in that same position, we were gonna do what we're gonna tell them they need to do. Typically when I give counsel or I, somebody asks me what to do, I said if it was me, here's what I would do. Because I can't make the choice for you. But if it was me, here's how I would go about doing what you're asking me to do. And see, so here's the thing. Joseph could have easily got benefit off these men. He could have said, you know what? I'll tell you what the dream is only, only if you make sure to get me out of here. Notice this, Joseph told the dream's interpretation and then said, would you remember me? He wasn't in it for benefit. He wasn't in it to gain off these guys. He was just simply telling, trying to tell them what the Lord had showed them in their dream. There was no attempt to control the butler either. Now, I'm only going to let you out of here if you make sure to take me with you. Joseph said, if you remember me, I'd greatly appreciate that. The, because why, why wouldn't Joseph do it? Because the interpretation wasn't Joseph's. 
It was the Lord's tonight. So don't just seek counsel, seek godly counsel. Then take what they say back to the word of God tonight. Anything I tell you to do, anything I say that I would do, make sure to go back and check it by the word of God because I'm human. I can get sideways sometimes. So can you not. So it's always good to go back to the word of God. Don't do it just because they say so. Do it because you agree with them and then you know that it's right as well. Let me ask you now, when it comes to giving counsel and getting counsel, what is more important to you? Giving advice that sounds good or advice that is scriptural and godly? Then notice number four tonight, there was a close call for Joseph. Three days later, it's Pharaoh's birthday. I love how your Bible says that in verse number 20. Like, we needed to know that it was Pharaoh's birthday. And it came to pass in the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday. But I think if you study this out, you'll find out this is why the baker was hanged. It was Pharaoh's birthday. So, preacher, why do you think the Pharaoh's baker was hanged? Now, the scripture doesn't say directly why he was hanged. But I believe it's for this reason. He put too many candles on Pharaoh's birthday cake. <laughs> go study it out. You probably you probably find a better answer if you go study it out for yourself. And that's what I was sitting in my office. I said, that's probably why. Pharaoh, Pharaoh was a he was a temperamental man. He put he put he put forty. <laughs> Pharaoh was only thirty nine. That was it. You're done for. Now we may not know why, but we do know this: what was said to happen, what said was going to take place, took place. Why? Joseph had depended on the Lord. But I, could you imagine being Joseph? He thought for sure that butler, when he's put back in his position, and when he hands that cup to back to Pharaoh, and he's back restored in his right place, he'll tell Pharaoh all about me. Pharaoh will get me out of this dungeon. Unfortunately, the Bible tells us in verse number 23, it doesn't happen that way. Why? Butler forgot about Joseph. It's that close to getting out of prison. And we'll find out, you read verse number 41, two more years, Joseph spends in prison. If Joseph wasn't hard and bitter now, there was another opportunity for Joseph to be so. I helped that man out. I gave to that man. I gave him good news. And he's left me here. Sometimes one of the hardest things we'll ever experience in our Christian life is when we help somebody out and it seems like they just forget about us. Because it hurts. It hurts. Not too long ago, there were some folks that were coming here that we had physically helped out. Put parts in their car, put groceries in their house, try to be a blessing to them and try to be an encouragement to them and help them out any way we could. And then something took place and I had to sit down in my office and I said, hey, we're not supposed to do that. That's not good to do. That's going to lead you down a wrong road. They left that night, haven't been back since, but sent me a text the next day and said, you don't care about people. That's how you're going to treat people. I hope nobody ever comes there. And can I say, I got in my flesh real quick. And I was, I was beginning to type something back. And the Holy Spirit said, no, <laughs> that's not what they need to hear. He said, because you didn't help them for selfish gain. You helped them to try to be a blessing and, and help them to come to church and help them to learn who the Lord was. He said, they have not rejected you. They've rejected me. What did you text back, preacher? I'm so sorry you feel that way. What happened? They just forgot. 
They forgot all that we had done for them, all that we had tried to be a blessing to them. Preacher, are you mad at them? No. But my heart does hurt for them. Because I know the road they're fixing to go down is not a good road to go down. There is no, they're looking for satisfaction. They're looking in all the wrong places. They're looking for acceptance in all the wrong places. They're looking for happiness in all the wrong places. <laughs> they literally forgot all that was done for them. and said, well, I'd rather do it this way. And can I say that hurts sometimes? When you pour so much into somebody and you invest so much time into somebody and then they just forget you. Notice this tonight. Nobody else stopped by the butler and the baker when they were sad. It was Joseph. And the Bible says and the butler forgot about Joseph. And here's the thing. If you, if you read ahead, you'll find out that if Joseph would have got out then, he would have got out on a want. He wanted out. And no doubt I would have won out of that same situation. Can't imagine the prison in Egypt was very nice. You know, Disney made it look real nice. But I doubt it was anything what me and you probably can comprehend tonight. And no doubt if we were in the same, we'd want out. But if Joseph would have got out then, I believe he would have got out at the wrong time. Because God was going to let him out for a need. And that need was going to promote Joseph way higher than the one ever would. The same is true in our life. When we help people out and they just seem to forget about us, some of the greatest advice I was ever given was don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Because when you begin to take things personally, you'll become hard, you'll become bitter. If Jesus lived perfectly and taught perfectly and gave his life perfectly and they still hated him and rejected him, it'd probably be no different for us tonight. So continue having compassion. Continue loving people. Continue serving others even when you get that close, that close to getting out. And the only reason why you don't get out is because they forgot you and they left you behind. Are you upset because you feel like you've been forgotten or are you willing to look to the Lord for your promotion and deliverance and not just people tonight? Joseph was that close. He was that close to getting out. And though he didn't get out, he was also that close to bitterness. He was also that close to being hard and being calloused and his heart, his heart becoming like a rock. And yet he never got there. Why? The Lord was with Joseph. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us.